Canuck Central, it's the mailbag. And this hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. What what happens during the break uh, of, of Canuck Central? Oh, there's a very little hockey talk. <laughs> very we were little. just talking about Peja Stojakovic. Yeah, we're into a basketball rabbit hole. Uh, did you know he played two games for the Raptors? I did not remember that whatsoever. <laughs> I remember more of the Jason Capono years for the Raptors. Oh, Jason than, Capono. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the glory days of Rob Babcock as yeah. general manager, trading Vince Carter for Alonzo Mourning and a bunch of change. Tough look. <laughs> tough, 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 Great. tough look. Great. Uh, you think your trade was bad? Mm, check yeah. that one out. Yep, yep. not great. Trade not a star great. player for absolutely nothing. All right. Enough of that. You want the mailbag. Producer Josh Elliott Wolf. Hello. Have you uh, recovered? You know, Josh is like strutting oh, around he, the office. You, like, sh- oh, you know man. the Bart Simpson strut? Yes. That is Josh Elliott Wolf. Today. I told everybody I passed. <laughs> and I was on the train today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you know I beat Riccio <laughs> in golf today? I like walked into the green room and he's just like, he may as well have had a cigarette in his mouth. Oh. Like that. He was just enjoying the moment that much. As soon as I saw him and I asked about golf, you should have seen the smile on his face. He beamed. See, now we can't go golfing again, though, because oh. I, need to, I need to hold this win. Yes. It's like your 4940. Yes. You can never run another 40-yard dash. can never run another 40-yard dash. Uh, okay. Let's I'm going to spend the whole weekend at the driving range. Or just like at the chipping green, you know? Yeah. Figuring out how to chip again. It's terrible. All right. All right. Uh, we'll start with the Canucks questions, get right into it. This one from Ray. How should fans react to Dale Talon joining the team? Is this good or bad? Uh, you should react how, however you want. And I yeah. understand why, you know, you have concerns and questions and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm not going to tell people how to feel about it. How I would say you should think about the hire as far as its implications and its importance. Not as big as you may think. At the end of the day, he's going to be a scout slash advisor. Yeah. And as much as he's tight with Jim Rutherford, Jim Rutherford is not the chief decision-making hockey ops guy on day-to-day stuff. Might be some influence here and there, but he's not yeah. going to be the guy making decisions. That is Patrick Alvin and the rest of the front office. Like I said before, Rutherford's there to give his opinion, of course, guidance and all that sort of stuff. But if the front office wants to do something, he's not getting in their way. And Dale Talon's opinion is not going to stop the front office for... Stop the front office from doing the things they want to do. In regards to uh, the allegations of a racially charged comment that Dale Talon made in 2020, uh, the NHL had an investigation into it. They said there was no wrongdoing. And hey, the NHL has earned your doubts about their investigations. There's no really squabbling with that from my end. But I do feel as though some of the anger towards this and the worry of like, oh, Dale Talon, just like he did in Florida, he's going to give up Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau for absolutely nothing. I, like, he's not a big decision maker. You well, know? Okay, one thing I will say, I am not trying to, def- I'm not here to defend Dale Talon yeah. or criticize Dale Talon. All I'm here to do is provide a little bit of context. And this, something that I heard and it was made clear to others reported the same thing, when the, when they made that move for Marcheseau, and they yeah. trade those guys out. A lot of that was based on ownership. Right. They didn't have money to sign rest of the guys. They said we have to clear money. 
Yeah. They were told you have to clear cash. Now we can sit here and talk about who decided to trade and what they could have done, and maybe somebody else should have, you know, got rid of or whatever. But that off season, there was a directive from ownership for Florida to to get rid of money. Yeah. So as much as those are bad decisions, there is a little bit of context to why those decisions were made for the expansion draft. And Marchesso was due a big contract at the time because of how he was playing. Riley Smith was coming off a bad season, was making over five million. Bucks. And there was some baggage there with, yeah. with with that team. And I'm not defending all. It's just context for you to know why that went down the way it went down. Uh, so uh, there. Uh, I don't think it's it's either good or bad. I'm going to sit on the fence on this one. <laughs> Up next from Discount Dracula, this Canuck regime is hiring a lot of people. Do you think it's the right approach? We talked a little bit about this uh, in, in hour one of the show. Uh, bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. No. Um, it, it's hard to know what their processes are, but if we just look at the short track record of the moves they have made, all pretty positive. Right, like signing Andre Kuzmenko. What's what's to worry about that? In fact, it's it's actually a big win because everybody in the league was able to offer this guy the same thing. Yeah, and the Canucks won that battle. So okay, so if you looked at the Canucks front office before, yeah, as far as you know, they have Benning, Wise, Broad, Gear, and Jonathan Wall. Those four guys were essential. Even though Jay Wall wasn't an AGM, but you know, had a lot of duties, responsibilities. Yeah. Some would say as much as an AGM would. Well, now it's Alvin, Castonguay, Granado, and Clancy. You still see four people. Now the difference here is you have Rutherford at the top of things who did not exist in the past. Yeah. The biggest additions have really been on the player development side. When you look at that, they brought the Sedins in, but they were just cursory roles getting used to it. They had Higgins working with that and Johnson with, obviously, mm-hmm. the Abbotsford Canucks. But now you've added Scott Young to that department. You've added Mike Komisarek to that department. You've added Mikhail Samuelson to that department. So that's the department. And when you factor in Cammy Granado's expertise and, and things like that as well, who's going to be overseeing a lot of that sort of stuff and, and amateur scouting and pro scouting, you start looking at it and you're saying in the player development and the player scouting aspect, that's when the most where the most robust additions have been made. The rest are kind of in line what you would expect. Yeah. And uh, the other position added today, and it's not a, a major one, but Frank Golden added as a college free agent scout. Yes. Um, you know, it's clearly an area that the Canucks want to be more of a player in than they have been. And that's, that's one sign of, of ways that they're looking at addressing that, uh, that part of the organization. From RB3, with all the new additions announced today, where do the Canucks rank compared to the rest of the league's front offices now? Uh, as far as I think personnel, they, they, in terms of personnel accruement and you know size and everything like that, I'd say they're kind of in the top half of the league. Mm-hmm. As far as acumen goes, it's it's hard to judge. I mean, we can sit here and say you know fantastic and great and all this sort of stuff, but we don't know how it's going to ultimately play out. Fr- from a say putting it together standpoint, it's very positive. A lot of good things about it. Yeah, now it's time for the big decisions to come down. They haven't made uh, one major move yet. Not yet. So. Uh... Stay tuned for the next couple of weeks because then we'll really have uh, probably some some judgments to lay on, on the first big move of the organization. TB, looking back at the Aginla-Neuendijk trade, mm. if the Canucks traded JT Miller, who would be a comparable return that closely resembles that trade? Ooh, man. So I think 
people, <sighs> Joe Neuendijk, yeah. just so people know, he was the best player in that trade at the time. Mm-hmm. Because he was an established superstar player. Yep. And he was traded and uh, Jerome McGinley came back the other way in that trade. I would say it's probably Capococco. Yeah, I mean... Like second overall pick, kind of profiles a little bit as a power forward. Yeah, the scoring hasn't really come it's true. yet. The only difference is Ganley went straight to Calgary. I mean, he was drafted by Dallas, yeah. but he never played for Dallas. No. Yeah. So he was drafted 95. Mm-hmm. And traded uh, in mean, 96, I believe it was. Yeah. Or late no, 90. Tra- no. tra- traded that year. That year? Yeah, it was 95. It was December 95. So you're kind of looking at a guy, <laughs> essentially a guy that gets drafted this year and is traded for JT Miller. You know, so so that's, it's hard to put it in that uh, in that kind of aspect. <sighs> Let's see, let me think off the top of my head. Like if Columbus gives the Canucks the sixth overall pick for Miller. Like Ken Johnson or something? Yeah. You know, not that they would do so, but hypothetically, that's yeah. the type of deal. And I don't think they'd be against something like that. That's why you go back to... Mm-hmm. If they can get one player, but they think can be a star yeah. or superstar potential, it would be intriguing. Because that, at the end of the day, what do you want when you trade JT Miller? A superstar down the road. Yeah. One way or another. I, I don't think... like People wonder, could JT Miller go for a sixth overall pick or a seventh overall pick? Like I, I think he's worth that value. The problem always comes back to the contract... And how much control he has. Yeah. Like Derek Stepan was traded for the seventh overall pick a few years ago, right? Um, JT Miller would be worthy of that level of draft pick. It's just how willing is the team to make that deal when he's only got one year of control? Yeah. That's, that's really the caveat there. Is there a team in the top 15? And then the Canucks can maybe get a forward and a D. In the draft, uh, that kind of resembles the Jer- Jerome McGinley type. That would be that would be interesting because, as we've talked about in our recent prospect interviews, and you can find them on the podcast. There's a lot of really intriguing wingers in this mm-hmm. draft that are almost being overlooked because of some of the centers that have crept up draft boards, and obviously the defensemen that uh, often get looked at in the middle of the first round. Yep. Jesse, do you think Alvin and co. have any interest in packaging Jack Rathbone in a big trade, or are they too high on him and he's off the table? I wouldn't say that they're actively trying to do that, but I would say they might be open to it, depending on. Like, I don't think they're trying to trade Rathbone. No. But if you just look at the Canucks blue line. Just be logical about it. You know, you, Quinn Hughes is here long term. Unless you move OEL, he's here long term. Now, he could play the right side, but that's something they may try and could try, but hasn't been determined yet. It's always easy to find lefties. This draft might be a lefty that you might draft because that yeah. might be the best player available for you. Go through the process. Not to say that you can't have a surplus, and it's okay to have a surplus because whoever you draft could be years away and Rathbone can help you next season. But I think the possibility of Rathbone getting traded does exist. I wouldn't trade Rathbone. I don't know. I think there's too much talent there as a player. I would try to see how it would work on the right side. I also wonder like how it would work with OEL, given his skating talent yeah. and OEL declining skating talent. Um, I, it would be an intriguing look. Might be a defensive liability, but a lot of times I'd like to see how something looks before making a judgment on it. 
Jack, who will be the third-line center next year, one of Miller, Pedersen, or Horvat, Jason Dickinson, somebody else already in the organization, or someone else outside of the org- organization entirely? Somebody outside of the organization. Yeah, that would be my guess today. The way things are trending, Pedersen and Horvat are your top two centers. I find it unlikely that, well, look, I think Dickinson can play the role, but he seemed to have more success on the wing, yeah. which is essentially the biggest problem with his first year in Vancouver. I'm not so worried about the lack of offense that he brought because I don't think I was ever looking at him to bring a ton of offense. He brought what I thought he would bring defensively. Like, a lot of nothing happened when he was on the ice, and I don't think the Canucks minded that too much. No, it was fine in that regard, but, but it's he, just— he couldn't win a faceoff, and he really struggled yeah. on the penalty kill. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we'll see. He'll get a chance again next year maybe. It depends on what happens with him this offseason. Um, I'd say there's a good chance that the third and fourth line center are two players not on this team. Yuho Lamico is somebody you can pencil in as a fourth line center, and he showed enough that you you feel that you have at least a yeah. replacement level player there to throw out there, um, even though there are some limitations, obviously. But I would guess that next season we have two different third and fourth line centers here in Vancouver. That one stretch of Lamico, man. It was great. It was like, who is this guy? <laughs> great. <laughs> The, the, the beauty of that uh, Mott-Lamico-Highmore line was uh, it was one of the fun parts of the, the, this Canucks season. Nate, would Low you bar. trade Bo Horvat for Pierre-Luc Dubois? Yes. Ooh, like one for one? One for one. Yeah, Dubois is younger. Has two years left. Bo has one. Yeah, you can kick the can down the road one year, not yeah. worry about it as much. I mean, I, I think Dubois at his peak is a better player. But he has been inconsistent as well. I think there's more potential for him as a two-way force. Um, but I mean, Horvat has outproduced him scoring-wise. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, and do you think it's easier to sign Horvat than it will be to sign Dubois? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, Bo, it shouldn't be too difficult unless you know he wants like seven and a half plus or something and really pushes for it. I don't know what Dubois would want. I think Dubois wants situation uh, as much as anything else. Because I don't think he's hitting a home run on that unrestricted free agent contract unless no. he really puts it together over the next couple of years. But I think if he goes to a contender or a good city, he would sign next time. Yeah. Next, Leo, who is back in the NHL first, Jim Benning or <laughs> Travis Green? Should have expected this question sooner, yeah. actually. Uh, the way things are headed... I mean, just check the rumor mill. Travis Green. Been interviewing, potentially as an assistant. Seems like Travis isn't too far away from an NHL bench in the near future. So I'm going to say Travis Green. Yeah, I I think Travis, I I know there was some link. uh, Was it uh, Sarah Valley who mentioned that maybe now in Winnipeg with Trotz turning them down reportedly that he could surface up there. But there's enough buzz that he might get an assistant job. But I, I think you see Travis in the game before you see Jim Benning. On to the non-Canucks questions. This one from Vicky. Which team would win in a golf tournament? Halford and Bruff Ooh. as a show, Canucks Hour as a show, The People Show, or Canucks Central? Ooh. I think uh, so. Bruff plays a lot, I think. Bruff? Bruff plays a lot. Yeah. Bruff is probably the best golfer at 650. But I don't think Halford plays at all. No. And I don't know about Dom. I don't know if he's good or not. Dom is not very good. All right. 
Uh, sorry, Dom. Who's probably driving his Uber around right now? Mm-hmm. Um, this is like how much weight does does Bruff hold here? Like, are we doing? I would best think ball because if it's best ball, I'm probably going with us, Josh. <laughs> I don't know. I would almost say, like, I, I would say it would come down to us or Halford and Bruff. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I haven't been playing enough recently to be confident in my game. Can so you get some putts I'm... for us, Sat? Probably. Yeah. My, my, okay. my, you know, really my short game is, is not bad. My short game's not bad. Okay, if you can hit some putts. Yeah. You know. I can uh I can hit the ball straight. Yep. We can piece it together. We can we'll, piece it together. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh okay, so what? I'm there? betting on us. I bet on myself yesterday and we saw how foolish that was. Who uh come, I'm who, betting on us. Who comes in last? People's show. Yeah. I don't think well, any of them go. I don't know. Jamie and Thomas Rance don't don't feel like a, a much of a golf team, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about their golf games. Do they play? I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm, I'm not good at this. Jamie's living that dad life, so yeah, he he that automatically gives you points as a golfer. I feel like. Yeah, I'm sure he could just show up without having golfed before <laughs> and <laughs> just be amazing, <laughs> or at least better than most. Uh Okay, up next, Silver and Black Canuck. If you could make it so that one of your sports teams won the ultimate prize, but it meant none of your other teams would win ever, would you do it? No. I I, I mean, I love my sports teams too much to say I only one can win a championship. You this know? Is, this like, is I the... can't do that. I can't do that, like, between I could totally Browns. do it. Because you're just a UV I, guy. I truly love UV. one team. I know, man. Yeah, it's just weird. I mean, I, I love my Seahawks. You're not getting married. I love my Seahawks, but, you know. So you're not a real Seahawks fan because you've been I, a fan for, like, two minutes. <laughs> okay, so the one team, like, I would have to never see the Blue Jays win a World Series again. But I've seen them win a World Series. I was, you know, like, just a little pichinito, but I still remember it quite well. Um, look, if Juventus won a Champions League, I would have complete bliss. Mm-hmm. There's been so much heartbreak. And now, Sats Chelsea is stealing Matthijs de Ligt. Ah, uh, yes! From us. So, I was going to bring that up. Sh- should Chelsea be uh, be excited or not mm. if they get Matthias de Ligt? I just want to curse at you right now. <laughs> you already did on text. I sent you a text today. <laughs> it went something, something bleep off. Yes. <laughs> uh, discount track. Josh, how would you feel about that, though? Oh, about... Well, none of my teams have ever... I've ever won in my yeah. life. So like, would you like, would it be Canucks? It would probably be Canucks. And then I, so the Vikings wouldn't be able to win. I mean. Were they ever going to? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Blue Jays wouldn't be able to win. I'd probably, I'd probably do it. Uh, but it would be really, because uh, I, I, I would say I'm probably equally, I'm probably more of a Vikings fan at this point. So maybe not. Like You're I, more of a Vikings fan? Well, just because we cover the team, yeah. it's like I'm not really a fan anymore. It's more of a yeah situation where it's so it would just be really good job wise if yeah. the Canucks won. It would. It would. I mean, I don't know. I can't do that. I mean, I, I I've seen Chelsea win everything. Yes, I've seen the Lakers win everything. Oh, um, look at this spoiled brat yes. over here. But but with the Browns, have not. Yeah, in Vancouver, the team we cover have not seen them. You know, so. And I can't pick between Vancouver and the Browns and just say one of them. I want to see both get the get it. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I I can't I can't resign one to never getting it. Yeah. Fair enough. This counteracula. What is the nicest bridge you have ever driven across? 
the Lions Gate is pretty nice. Yeah, it's probably the Lions Gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say the Golden um, Golden Gate Bridge, San Fran, really nice. Have yeah. you driven across it? Though? Yes. I, now, well, I've I wasn't driving, but I was in a car driving me. Does the, right. does that mean? I think that counts. That counts, right? Yeah. Um. So I got married in Budapest. I don't know if anybody knows this. Um, <laughs> they have bridges. Have you mentioned there? it before? Do they have bridges in Budapest? <laughs> they do. Uh, there is a iconic chain bridge that takes you uh, from uh, Buda to Pest. Hold on. <laughs> are they? Is they, is this real? Or are they or two is it different a joke? places? Yeah. No. This is this is real. Oh. So like Budapest is uh, a combination of is this like Saint Paul, Minnesota? Are, it's it's like the combination of two areas of the city. One one side of the bridge is Buda, and the other side of the bridge is Pest. But why is it no hyphen in Budapest? I don't I don't. Know. I'm all about I'm not the that much of a Hungarian historian, but I mean yeah, I mean it's a different country. But I I mean that that throws me off. I mean I would never assume it would be two different cities when you conjoin the names. So Pest is like. Uh, Imagine New York or two different cities, New and York. <laughs> <laughs> Pest is more of like the, uh, the the common area, the the um, you know that's where the the parties were and the shopping and all that great stuff. And uh, Buddha was more of it was quiet. Uh, it's where the castle was and all these different things. So um, yes, the the iconic chain bridge. I'll say that in uh, in Budapest. Was it actually chains? Like yeah. you drive over chains? No, like. I don't know. There's like chains going hanging across, on it, hanging, okay. hanging across. It's a nice bridge. Uh, unsigned. Did Dan Riccio get an AC unit yesterday? <laughs> did you? I did not. Why? I just, uh, you know what? I kind of felt intimidated by the different machines. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! I was just so like, I used to sell these. I can help you. Oh, can you? Yeah. Why? Uh, did, I, I thought you, there was one that was a decent, decently priced. Yeah, it was, was available okay. in but store. It, it only cooled like 150 square feet. 150? I thought it was 400. No. Oh, wow. That's not good. That's, that's tough. That's rough. Were you looking at the in-window ones or the portable ones? Uh, I was looking at uh, the portable ones. Okay. But it's not going to be that hot this weekend. Okay, but what about like the weekend a month from now? I mean, <laughs> or, or after that? I think yeah, I think what uh, young Josh is doing is picking the flaw in your logic. Yes. It's not so much about now; it's about what could happen, and if there are no AC units, are you going to regret spending six hundred and some bucks on Yeezys and then here's, not getting an AC unit? Yeah, here, here's here's the bet I'm making: there won't be any weekend as bad as the heat dome weekend we had last year. You know what that tells? That sounds like to me. Famous last words. Yeah. You're setting <laughs> us up for a worse weekend than the heat dome last Well, I maybe like, I'm going to be gone in August for like three weeks, you know. How much vacation do you have, by the way? Like, he's like gone like three yeah. weeks here, two weeks well, there. Always uh, in Europe. <laughs> yep. Uh, look, I had a, I have four weeks. I've worked at Rogers for a long time, so I get four weeks. So I'm taking, uh, I may be in Europe for a couple of weeks at the end of summer. So I'm, I'm just making the bet that I'll be all right. <laughs> I like this text. I'm serious. Uh, I'm curious. Are the SN650 offices in Van or Coover? Well, we're over. <laughs> we're on this side of the bridge, so I think it's. Would we be? I feel like this is definitely Coover energy. Other side is Van. Oh, Coover energy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, last question from Ir- Irfan Gafar. Am I coming home tomorrow? And by uh. this, he means. 
if the Avalanche win tonight, he's coming home. If not, going to Tampa. Boy, I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I love Earth, like I said on Twitter, and mm-hmm. I want him to uh, come back. But I don't want him to come back like tonight or tomorrow. I don't want him to. Sat wants a game seven. We all want game seven. I think Earth is back uh, in Van or Coover tomorrow. But he's going to land in Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> or in Mend. Yes. Or Rich. Or Rich. Uh, all right. Always appreciate the questions. Always appreciate you supporting Mailbag Friday. It is consistently one of our most downloaded shows uh, each and every week. I love the text inbox. Was Dan intimidated because the AC units were bigger than him? And Jay, the Amazon <laughs> delivery guy. Potentially. <laughs> Corbett. Damn, why don't you call on Reliance? <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> I'm just going to like sleep in my car with the AC blasted. That's that's what I'll do. You're going to be at the studio. because there's, <laughs> there's a nice AC going on here right now. If I sleep on the couch in the studio. <laughs> don't do a big though. Don't sleep on yeah, don't the wooden bench. Yeah, don't sleep in the atrium. <laughs> Coming up, uh, game five of the Stanley Cup final. Avs trying to close it out. Could it be their first cup since... Oh, one. We'll find out tonight if they can close it out at home in Denver. For producer Josh Elliott Wolf, my co host Satyar Shah, I'm Dan Richo. You've been listening to Canuck Central on Sportsnet 650.